0: The Scottish city of Glasgow is putting the final touches to its preparations to host the Commonwealth Games for the first time. A record number of competitors is expected, with more than 6,000 athletes from 71 countries. However, questions hang over the event's future, with the hefty cost of hosting the Games and star athletes considering not competing because of their already busy schedules. This week, Insight investigates whether the Commonwealth Games can remain viable and relevant in a crowded sporting marketplace.
1: Years, For many New Zealanders, the mention of the Commonwealth Games invokes a deep sense of nostalgia and pride, including Yvette Williams's five track and field medals in 1950 and 54, Dick Taylor's heroic run to gold in Christchurch, and New Zealand hosting the event three times. However, with more and more sporting events fighting for viewers' attention and many of the world's top athletes choosing not to compete, is it still the showpiece it once was? I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves, and in this Insight, I speak to the administrators and athletes involved in the Games and explore where the event will fit on the sporting landscape.
2: The Games as a pure sporting event isn't the same quality that it was 30 years ago. If they think that that event is going to continue in a similar track to, say, an Olympics in terms of growth and and each successive host city pouring in multi-million dollars into hosting the thing, they're almost guaranteeing the death of the event in due course.
1: When it comes to hosting major sporting events, Martin Snedden is somewhat of an authority having successfully pulled off New Zealand's hosting of the 2011 Rugby World Cup. He was also involved with investigating a possible Auckland bid for the 2018 Commonwealth Games, but says as far as sports fans are concerned, the Games no longer have the prestige they once did.
2: There is a lot of nostalgia about the Commonwealth Games, but to be honest, you know I love sport and I would struggle to remember what happened at the last Commonwealth Games other than Delhi seemed to make a real botched job of making it look like they were prepared in time.
1: The last Games, hosted by India in Delhi in 2010, were marred by corruption, operational and organisational blunders, and withdrawals by high-profile athletes, prompting serious concern about the future of the 80-year-old event. The New Zealand Olympic Committee's Secretary-General, Karen Smith, admits the Commonwealth Games suffered from what happened in 2010
0: no doubt that Delhi threatened the Commonwealth Games brand and credibility. However, four years later, the Glasgow team have really got things back on track. They have well exceeded their commercial targets. In fact, they've reset them and exceeded them again. So what they have proven is that it is a product that people are interested in being involved with in terms of spectators, commercial elements, broadcasting and competitors. So you know, everything is tracking towards the fact that they've got things on track.
1: But there is confidence that this year could spark a resurgence in the Commonwealth Games movement and New Zealand officials visiting Glasgow have been greeted by top class facilities and news of sold out stadiums. Karen Smith has confirmed the New Zealand team will have 233 athletes at Glasgow competing in 17 sports.
0: The team to participate in the um, Commonwealth Games are as follows. Sam Charlton, Sophie Cox...
1: Kieran um, Smith is surprised at how much sport fans are engaging with the Glasgow Games.
0: I've been really amazed and we've been thoroughly encouraged by by the interest um, on many levels really. One is clearly people buying tickets. So there's more than 3,000 New Zealanders that are going to the Games and buying tickets to support you know, friends and family there. Secondly, in terms of um, broadcasting, we will have um, sky broadcast coverage equal to the Olympic Games, wall-to-wall. And what we've seen is just a wonderful uptake through traditional and social media. Everything to us points that this is going to be, um, you know, a highly followed um, Games and hopefully a successful one.
3: Every country has its moment. It's time to
1: shine.
0: When the universe conspires and planets align.
1: Scotland invites you. Our stage is set. It's being billed as Scotland and Glasgow's big moment. But hosting a world-class athletic competition does not come cheap, with the total budget for the 11-day event topping $1 billion. The cost for host cities looks like it could grow even further. The 2018 Games in Australia's Gold Coast are expected to cost more than $2 billion, including the upgrades to infrastructure and sporting stadiums. However, the Commonwealth Games Federation Chief Executive, Mike Hooper, denies the cost of staging the games is getting out of hand. To
4: get into the context, the total games budget in Glasgow is less than half the security budget of London 2012. So, you know, the Commonwealth Games as a cost is not disproportionate. It's a good cost-effective solution for cities and countries looking to build infrastructure to build capacity for themselves longer term, not just for hosting multi-sport events, but individual sporting events longer term. And, positioning their country, and and, and I think the costs have been relatively, uh, can be managed.
1: Glasgow and the Commonwealth Games Federation see the costs as a necessary investment to create a lasting positive legacy. Reports commissioned by the Scottish Government claim the country's economy has been boosted by more than $100 million before the opening ceremony has even taken place, citing the number of jobs created as stadiums are revamped and renovated. Scotland will continue monitoring the event's financial legacy through to 2019, but a sports economist from Canterbury University, Seamus Hogan, expects any benefits observed to be greatly overblown. He says any city looking to host the Games for some sort of financial gain is doing it for the wrong reasons.
2: Let's forget about fiddling the numbers by pretending that there's some kind of spillover onto the rest of the economy. Focus on the social benefits, and a general rule of thumb is any time you see something justified because some consulting company has been commissioned to do a report showing an economic benefit, that means they don't think they'll be able to sell it on its value alone, and so they're going to have to find some cooking the books and be very suspicious.
1: Seamus Hogan was involved in the 1974 Christchurch Games opening ceremony and while he looks back fondly on that event, he's cautious about New Zealand trying to host the Commonwealth Games for a fourth time. Martin Sneddon too remembers the national pride of 1974, but believes the subsequent games have failed to capture the public's imagination in the same way.
2: There are a succession of highlights in that Commonwealth game, so I mean I could rattle off 10 pretty easily. But could I tell you what happened in Auckland in 1990? Not really. And can I remember what happened, you know, who the stars of Delhi were? No, not really. That's an indication in itself that there's too many major events around the world that have surpassed it, I think, and individual sports are running their own events. And I think it's dying a slow death unless the federation that runs it is prepared to really look at refreshing what it is and and trying to excite countries about a, a refreshed model rather than trying to keep the same model going.
1: New Zealand hasn't hosted the Games since Auckland in 1990 and it won't be a possibility again until at least 2026. Auckland did look at bidding for the 2018 Games, but the idea was abandoned when the finances didn't stack up, and the government predicted a $600 million loss. Since then, New Zealand has won the right to host the Cricket World Cup, the Under-20 Football World Cup, and the World Masters Games in 2017. The chief executive of Auckland Tourism Events and Economic Development, Brett O'Reilly, is what he describes as a self confessed Commonwealth Games tragic. He isn't actively working to bring the Games back to the city for a third time, but says they will continue to assess the possibility. Yeah, we'll keep
5: looking at it um, because it is, an, it is an important event. I think there are questions about the future of the Commonwealth Games because clearly, you know, the sporting world has changed. But we are a member of the Commonwealth, and there's obviously a rich history uh, of New Zealand involvement in it, so that's not something that that can easily be ignored. But at the end of the day, we have to make our decisions about what stacks up economically, not on sentiment.
1: Brett O'Reilly says the reason for hosting a major event like the Games would be as a catalyst for developing specific infrastructure, and that is not something he feels Auckland requires.
5: From a venue's perspective, we probably have too many stadiums and uh, and certainly don't you know, necessarily need uh, need another one. And and there are definitely some areas of infrastructure that need to be developed, but you don't need to, to host a Commonwealth Games to do that, and you could actually host um, individual sports. There's much more long-term benefit in a statement like the show never stops than, uh, you know, come here for one week a year. One show. Mm. That's right. <laughs>
1: But Mr O'Reilly believes in Glasgow's case it might be the right city to host the games and one of the few that could benefit long term.
5: I was there in 2012 and and I think it's done great things for that city. Um, It's enabled them to transform a part of the the city and to create a fantastic long term amenity for the city. But I think history shows that those cases tend to be the exception not the rule. Um, And there are plenty of other cases with both the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics where the transformational benefits for the the city can be sometimes short-lived and in other cases can actually place quite a major debt burden on the city.
1: One potential challenge for countries hosting future Commonwealth Games is the focus on one city. Karen Smith says one thing New Zealand could look at is a bid that incorporates a wider region and doesn't involve so much spending on infrastructure, such as the Games Village.
0: There's a a level of interest and enthusiasm whereby some lead agencies in New Zealand could get our head together and see if we could put forward a bid that might be a little bit different and innovative. and, And we need to have a really good look at if there's a different model that could work for New Zealand and put us on the map in terms of hosting something a little bit different and maybe across a few cities and just seeing whether or not that would be acceptable even and then secondly whether it would be um, a cost-effective option in any event.
1: The Commonwealth Games Federation Chief Executive Mike Cooper says the Federation would take a fair look at any future bid by a country looking to deliver the event in a more affordable way. Our members
4: have got a very, very open mind. They are certainly looking to minimize costs. We don't want to burden people with white elephant venues and all these sorts of things, looking at utilization of temporary infrastructure, all sorts of different things that can help deliver games in a cost-effective manner. We as a movement are certainly looking to do as much as we can to create opportunities for our members. Now look, the reality is, not all 71 members can can, can host a Commonwealth Games because of, because of the size that it is, even though it's not comparable to, to obviously the Olympic Games, which is 20 times as big. In reality, there's probably, if you went down the list of Commonwealth countries, I'm not going to list them, but there's probably 20 countries that can realistically host a a Commonwealth Games going forward, and I certainly count New Zealand in that.
1: However, changing the model for hosting the Games seems unlikely, unless the number of cities competing for the privilege diminish significantly. And while some reports suggested the Commonwealth Games Federation would struggle to find bidders for 2022... Edmonton in Canada and Durban in South Africa have put their hands up in recent months. Mike Hooper is not expecting any trouble finding cities willing to host the Games in the future, claiming there's as much interest now as there's ever been.
4: I was talking to people about 2022 as far back as five years ago. As Royal Highness Tunggwumran and myself, we had met with Edmonton on a number of occasions and indeed met with the city CEO during the Olympic Games. So a lot of work in progress, but of course, it's like all things, it's for the individual countries and cities. I mean, Gideon Sam from South Africa made no secret as far back as two, three years ago, South Africa are keen to host the Commonwealth Games. And so it should have been no surprise that, that we have now two very, very good candidates for the 2022 Commonwealth Games that we have publicly stated interest for 26 and 30 already. And so, you know, I think we're in good stead. People cast their minds back. I remember when the Games were awarded to Manchester in 1995, it was a one-horse race. When the Games were awarded to Melbourne, it was a one-horse race. But ever since, we've had a competitive environment.
1: Mike Hooper also points to growing interest from athletes as a possible sign of resurgence in the event. While Delhi was panned for its inability to attract star athletes, Several of sport's biggest names look set to figure in Glasgow, including athletic stars Usain Bolt, Mo Farah and Valerie Adams, as well as the cyclist Sir Bradley Wiggins. New Zealand is sending its second largest team ever to an overseas Commonwealth Games, and Mr Hooper says that is also the case for other participating nations. We won't know the final
4: shakedown of numbers until all, all the teams have completed their delegation registration meetings, which are very close to the eve of the Games, But it would not surprise me if we find that at the end result, these games will see more athletes than ever before at Commonwealth Games. I suppose in part, that's buoyed by the fact that, you know, we've got some rather large teams right on our doorstep here. You know, the England, Scotland, the Wales and Northern Ireland, even though Scotland is the host, all of them will treat it like a home game. And inevitably your teams are bigger uh, when you have that sort of home games, but they are big teams.
1: That turnout is expected to make the sporting action more competitive than it has been at recent Commonwealth Games. Despite the prospect of tougher competition, the New Zealand Olympic Committee Secretary-General, Karen Smith, is hopeful New Zealand will at least be able to equal the 35 medal haul it achieved in Delhi.
0: What we know is that if we um, achieve what we did in Delhi on the medal table, we would be comfortable and we'd be happy. More is good, but... Notwithstanding that, in the last few years, it's just been such a rise in strength, um, particularly in the UK and the home countries, and knowing it's the home games for them, they'll be tough. And this time round, um, the best of the best of the Commonwealth will be there across all sports. What we know are the field will be strong. So if we were able to exceed 36 medals, we would be, um, we'd be pleased.
1: For many New Zealand athletes, competing in Glasgow is hopefully part of a longer journey that will end on the victory podium at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics in 2016. Alexis Pritchard is making history as one of the first female boxers to compete at a Commonwealth Games. She made the same historic breakthrough at the London Olympics, where women's boxing was also included for the first time. Pritchard finished just off the medals in a creditable fifth place in London and while she is proud of her achievement, she feels it would have been better if her trailblazing had been at the Commonwealth Games first to properly prepare her for the Olympics, amateur boxing's pinnacle event.
3: wish it would have been the other way around, Commonwealth Games first, then been in Olympics, but um,
6: I get to do it backwards. And it's not as big as the Olympics, but it's still... A
1: massive competition where you can learn to hone your skills you can be in the competitive environment and learn strategies that you don't always get to to be around like the Olympics is such a a big competition that
3: there's nothing that is going to prepare you but if you have a stage like a Commonwealth game which is a stepping stone at least You've got something, some strategies behind you and not just being thrown into such a magnificent, huge
6: um, sporting arena as an Olympic Games.
1: Champion shot putter Valerie Adams is just one example of an athlete who benefited from competing in the Commonwealth Games early in their careers.
6: Valerie Adams, a foul in the second round, so a third attempt, the halfway point of the competition, the world junior champion, also over 17 metres.
1: Adams first burst onto the international scene as a 17-year-old during the 2002 Manchester Commonwealth Games, where she won silver in the shot put. She went on to win Commonwealth gold in Melbourne and Delhi, as well as two Olympic gold medals. She's now a genuine star of world athletics, unbeaten in her last 51 events. Her extraordinary ability means Adams is unlikely to be offered much competition in Glasgow, and is favourite to win her third Commonwealth gold. During a fleeting visit to Auckland, she admitted Glasgow won't even be her pinnacle event this season. However, she's still making the effort to be there, where she hopes to support the New Zealand team's younger members.
3: It is important, because I think for me and my experiences, when I went to my first Commonwealth Games in 2002, it was a great stepping stone to go from the the Commonwealth Games to the World Champs in the Olympic Games. It It does play a pretty important role in enabling athletes to experience that whole... Village living, competition with eighty thousand people and all the rest of it. I think it's great to go from there, and the competition is not. Let's be honest, is not Olympic Games level, but it gives you an idea on what's going to happen at Olympic Games. Similarly, thrown at Olympic Games, it's a whole different world, and they should continue to have it because it's great for us to represent not only our country but we are part of the Commonwealth. You know, it's like people having the European champs and the Pan Americans or the rest of it. This is our competition.
1: However. Not all Commonwealth athletes share Valerie Adams' commitment to the Glasgow Games. The English cyclist Laura Trott hit the British headlines this year when she said it was hard to take track cycling at the Commonwealth Games seriously, calling it a devalued competition. That sentiment is echoed by the retired New Zealand cyclist Julian Dean, who competed at Commonwealth Games level just once in his extensive career. That was in Victoria in 1994, And speaking to me from the Tour de France via Skype, Dean admits his experience riding the team's pursuit there put him off the event.
4: Because there's only four teams, um, they needed a fifth team so they could give out a bronze medal. So basically they kind of ended up trying to scramble together five teams so they could give away a bronze medal. And we won the bronze medal. And it was kind of always sort of a bit hollow for me from there on. OK, OK, it was a bronze medal we got at the, uh, at the Commonwealth Games, but you know, there's certainly uh, much bigger and fish to fry, I suppose, um, in terms of what you can achieve in the sport.
1: New Zealand will send a strong track cycling team to Glasgow, including the world champion sprint team. However, team member Eddie Dawkins is wary about believing speculation that they will have an easy ride to gold.
3: Every time the British team come out for a big competition, they're always guns blazing. The Aussies will never back down from a fight. You know, Four of the top six will be there, so it's not like we're the lone one and the rest of them are in the, in the bottom. So, it's, And they're always put on huge performances when, when it's really counted, so I'm expecting some tough challenges.
1: For Eddie Dawkins and his teammates Sam Webster and Ethan Mitchell, it is the first time they've had to deal with the pressure of being favourites. They won silver in Delhi, and over the last four years have progressively improved, winning bronze, then silver, then gold at the last three World Championships. He's expecting the New Zealand squad to be firmly in every other team's sights.
3: With a target on my back, you know, but that's how it should be. You know, if you're going to be, if you're going to be the best in the world, you've got to be prepared to, to fight off all challenges. So that's what we're going there to do. We're going in there guns blazing and hoping to come away with the win.
1: At the previous World Championships, Dawkins, Webster, and Mitchell have been able to fly under the radar and keep out of the media spotlight. But Dawkins admits it is clear that won't happen in Scotland, as New Zealand's focus turns to its best medal prospects.
3: One of those events where New Zealand gets behind it so much and it's so televised, and every moment of your life is on TV, and there's a lot of expectation, and that sort of puts it above a regular competition, whereas there's so much expectation and so many people watching, so it's very important for us in the present day and also leading on to... Yeah.
1: For those who compete in Olympic sports, the Commonwealth Games is always going to be seen as a warm-up for the world's biggest sporting spectacle. But Karen Smith says that's not the event's only value.
0: For some sports where the Olympic Games might be their pinnacle, it's, it's certainly a stepping stone, but it's a really important stepping stone because being able to to cope and thrive and perform in a multi-sport environment with all those ast- distractions in the village atmosphere and the other sports people and teams and the like, you know, you really need to practice and, and perfect that. So that's important learning, but for many it's a pinnacle event. And just seeing the excitement of athletes that are named and, like, um, right, just, just this week we've... Um, and naming the men's hockey team, you know, for Dean Cousins and Philip Burroughs, this is their fourth Commonwealth Games. But they were still as excited as ever about going to those games because they're special. So there's something a a bit um, unique about them.
1: The Olympic comparison will also inevitably be made by sport fans. The formats of both events have a familiar feel. The spectacle of the opening and closing ceremonies, the intensity of the competition and the surge of national pride. On the field, 14 of the 17 sports being contested in Glasgow are also on the program for Rio in 2016. But the Commonwealth Games Federation believes it's important the Games are viewed as more than just a mini Olympics. The Federation's Chief Executive, Mike Hooper, says it has carved out its own niche in the sporting market in the last 20 years. We're not trying
4: to emulate the Olympic Games or anything like that. We never have done I think, you know, we owe our friends a, in Malaysia a huge debt of gratitude when in 1993 in Victoria, Canada, the General Assembly there, they came along and said, you know what, we've been thinking. We really do think this sports program, the Commonwealth, if it stays as it is, as 10 individual sports, we're concerned about the future. And they came along and they said, you know what, it should really reflect sport in the Commonwealth and, and, and be a celebration of Commonwealth sport. And that's when we saw there, you know, Cricket. I don't think we did that well, <laughs> as I say New Zealand. You know, but then the one-day cricket, we had the uh, the rugby, the netball, and the and the hockey, uh, and that really saw the games take off and, and and evolve as it has to where it is today.
1: For the three sports being contested at Glasgow, which aren't included in the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games is the pinnacle. While bowls, netball, and squash all have their own world championships, the chance to be seen at an international multi-sport event gives the three sports the opportunity to be showcased and enjoy the public spotlight. The chief executive of Bowls New Zealand, Kerry Clark, knows the feeling of Commonwealth success firsthand, both as an administrator and an athlete, having won his own gold medal in 1974. He says the games play a big part in his organisation being able to promote Bowls in New Zealand.
6: At that multi-sport event, it's an opportunity for us to get the sport regularly on television, I've got to say, so over that period of time, and, and, and a lot of the games up there are being televised, so it's our opportunity to be in the limelight along with uh, the, all of the sports at Commonwealth Games and we need to maximise
1: that. As well as highlighting the sport in countries where bowls is traditionally played, being included in the Commonwealth Games provides the opportunity to promote the sport to new nations. Kerry Clark knows that firsthand. He helped introduce bowls to Malaysia in time for the 98 Kuala Lumpur Games.
6: I recall the first meeting I had up there, and of the 17 who were there, only one of them had ever seen a bowling green before. So we started off from scratch, and, and we had to start off from the point of view of both helping them to develop and identify some players that they might work with but also creating some facilities. And so we put a bowling facility in every state in Malaysia. In addition to where we developed the uh, Games venue, and at the end of the day, our target was to have 80% of the people doing technical roles local. So in 1992, we had none. In 1998, we needed to have some people trained up to be able to be competent to do that. And we wanted to win one medal, and we did that.
1: And is there still a strong bowls program there?
6: From that time on, they have continued to be a really good competitive nation at, at this sort of level.
1: Glasgow will be Mike Hooper's final games at the helm of the Commonwealth Games Federation, and he's confident he's leaving the organisation in a strong position. But he says it's important the Federation continues to adapt.
4: Like orphans, you've got to remain relevant to your constituency and that therefore you come back to being often for the Commonwealth. And at the end of the day... We've got to keep examining, in particular, the sports program to ensure we've got the right mix of sports, to ensure that we've got the right disciplines within the sports program, to ensure that where there's innovation within a sport where you see a move towards three-on-three basketball, as an example, is taking off uh, globally. The beach volleyballs of this world, which haven't been on our program, it's where cricket went, if you like, from way back. And, you know, 2020 would be a fantastic fit for a future Commonwealth Games.
1: That future will become clearer next year when Auckland hosts the Commonwealth Games Federation's General Assembly. As well as choosing the host city for 2022, the General Assembly will hear the result of the Federation's sport review process and look at implementing an Olympic-style quota system for each sport. Mike Hooper warns that only by continuing to adapt in this way can the Commonwealth Games remain viable and relevant in an increasingly crowded sporting marketplace. Meadow. Woo. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philip Atolli, with technical production by Steve Burridge.